0: My name is Scott Ulrich.
1: My name is Lindsay Chave.
2: My name is Michael Riley.
1: My name is Kayla England. And
2: I'm Aaron Salvato. Welcome to the Good Lion Podcast, a show where we get a small group of students together with a teacher to learn and discuss theology and the Christian life, and then we share those conversations with all of you. Today, we're diving into part three of our current class, Fighting Sexual Objectification Together. Today's episode is titled, Men and the Need to Renew the Mind. In this class... We're going to examine our culture's tendency to play the blame game. Specifically, in this episode, we'll look at how natural and easy it is for our culture to blame objectification and even assault of women on the victims. We must renew our minds if we're going to make a change. We hope you enjoy this discussion. Thanks so much for listening. Here's the pod class. I want to talk about... Something that is a huge problem, we tend to, when it comes to objectification in culture, we constantly, as a society, find ourselves playing the blame game. (laughs) People love to put blame on the objectification of women on women. We have some who say, you know, it's the woman's fault. This is a horrible thing that's been said in culture, but it's been said If she didn't wanna be assaulted, she shouldn't have dressed that way. That is horrible and it's so wrong. But many politicians and pundits make that very point. They blame the victims. Our culture has a problem. Uh, You see, our rhetoric when we say these things actually contributes to rape culture. I've heard young men who've been influenced by politicians and the media say these things. The reality though is we men need to renew our minds. Faulty logic and unbiblical thinking we pick up from childhood influences and in media can contribute to the objectification and harm of women who are made in God's image. And men can say, you know, she didn't want to get assaulted. She shouldn't have dressed that way or she had it coming to her. She was acting like a prostitute. Here's why this ho- is horrible logic. So by this logic, we think sex is something that can be stolen. Therefore, if somebody dresses in a way that is sexual, they deserve to have it stolen. Let's think though, can money be stolen? Yeah. So is our logic that if a guy dresses in a wealthy way where he's flaunting his wealth, that he deserves to be robbed? No, absolutely not. They did a study where they took things that rape victims commonly hear after the rape, and they replaced the scenario with the idea of what if it was men who had their wallet stolen? And it's this crazy reflection of where our culture is at. These are actual things that have been said to rape victims. But again, they replaced the terminology with instead of a rape victim, it's a man who got his wallet stolen. So one is you know, I think that guy I know just stole my wallet. And the response is, well, do you have proof? What were you drinking that night? What were you wearing when this happened? This idea that women need to be hyper aware of how they dress. Here's another one. But he seems like such a nice guy. Plus he already has a wallet. Why would he need your wallet? Questioning girls who come forward about their assaults. For many women, this is, it's the first instinct of people in culture is to doubt the woman and defend the man. Here's another one. Are you sure that you didn't just give him your wallet and now you're embarrassed about it? Maybe there was just some miscommunication or another one. All guys want wallets. It's just in their nature. Maybe you shouldn't have had a wallet in the first place. It's basically boys will be boys. It's not their fault. And we would say this is ridiculous and not fair to those men if it was the situation was men and their wallets. And yet when we ask those same questions to rape victims, it's so damaging. We should never blame the victim of a crime. They're a victim. We should blame the criminal. This is a huge problem in our world. Here's another one. Have you lost your wallet before? Just curious, just trying to get a better sense of what's going on here. You know, this guy has such a bright future, we don't wanna mess up his future. See, this is something where we've seen In the news, many recent stories of college football players who sexually assaulted girls, and instead of bringing them up for charges, football coaches and county judges have been bending over backwards to try to downplay what the young men have done, blaming it on the girl and the way she was acting and what she was drinking and what she was wearing to find a way to give a light punishment instead of jail time. Why? The answer is always, well, he had such a bright future. It'd be a shame to ruin his life over one drunken mistake. It's it's terrible. in In the minds of these people, A young woman is not worth the cost of justice if it inconveniences the man. And that brings us right back to that story in Judges. What happened? It wasn't the men who were willing to stand up for the women. The men were saying, this is an inconvenience to me. This this is a harmful thing to me. I'm going to push the women out the door. My prayer is that more and more young believers, men and women, would work together to battle injustices like this. We should never blame objectification completely on women. It's not fair and it's not right. Let's discuss any thoughts
0: one of the things I wrote down during the we were going through judges was how the old man who he had kind of more he cared more about the honor of hospitality than rather caring for his daughter hmm. and you know cultural context included with that You could honestly be whatever here like it's crazy to think just how 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 honestly it is how like ideals other than like human humanity and care for humanity can like take the precedent over just caring for humanity. I don't know if that makes sense. No, absolutely. But, like, you know, caring, it could be, could be a uh, hospitality and how big of a deal that was. It could be having the best football team. Yeah. Like that, that, like part of that having the best football team wouldn't make sense there. But it's
2: this idea of if I want to have the best team, I need this young man on my team. Yeah. So if I don't care if he assaulted a woman, I don't care what he did. I'm going to fight for this guy Mm -hmm. because his future affects my future and what I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's a total, total perversion. Yeah.
0: That's that's happened so much uh, in the NFL recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, You hear a lot of um, players coming in. Like, I just, you know probably Facebook comments are the best place to look for your <laughs> ideology. <laughs> yeah. But Like seeing everyone trying to defend these players and like, mm-hmm. oh, oh no, my team's going to be really bad. And like, even the people that are not our third parties mm. and looking and saying, Hey, like, I don't even care about these people. Like, I just want my team to be good. Yeah. And it just goes to that point of like people, what lengths will go for our ideals to kind of even put aside human um, dignity. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it goes back to the Trump thing, but you know what? Like I'll confess, I'm not guiltless saying this. Um, I love the Beatles. I've loved the, like, they were the first band I got into that wasn't like a, you know, Christian music band. Like I grew up as a pastor's kid. I only listened to Christian music. And then in middle school, I discovered the Beatles and it changed my life. (laughs) But you know what? Like, Although I love the Beatles, I've learned, you know, John Lennon was a wife beater. Like the guy was horrible to his first wife, Cynthia. He was abusive and he wasn't good to Yoko Ono either. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's easy for me, honestly, when I listen to the Beatles to just kind of sweep that under the rug and say, I don't want to think about that. I just want I want to. I want to think of this guy and the way I idealize him, you know, as the hippie, peace and love, Johnny, you know, L. Peace and love, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but it's just—it's a snapshot of you know—it's not just me; it's—it's it's the culture; it's where we're at. We will defend the people that we like and ignore their faults at the expense of the victims. Any other thoughts?
3: I want to kind of piggyback back up what you were saying. Um, I wrote down something in uh when we were going over judges and it was when you were talking about you stated that she cheated on him Mm. so therefore like it's it's not okay uh first of all she was a slave so she really was you know she was enslaved this man so she really wasn't this man's wife so for for him to think oh she cheated on me i have to go get her back Mm. or you know and then kind of maybe coincide the fact that you know well she cheated on me so let's just give her out, give her up to these men. Right. Right. I think that that, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like, like men who are in relationships or even married. Well, it's like, you know, if she just, if she would have just, uh, give me more attention or, 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 this, that, or the other, this, but known in reality, I think that you're setting a precedent and putting this, this, uh, falsehood, or maybe putting women up on a, on a pedestal mm. and trying to uh, attain that. And when they don't, it's their fault.
2: Right. Fine. Yeah. I That's I, I, mean, right? I read a study once that was talking about how normal and common it is for men to be crazy about a girl. But when they break up with her, one of the most common things they say to their guy friends is, oh, she was crazy, guys. Like, yeah. she was, she was just nuts. She was crazy. And it just shows this devalue where it's like, you don't truly love someone. You just want them for what you can get from them. And once they don't live up to what you're expecting them to do for you, then all of a sudden they're devalued in their mind and they're actually insane. You know, they're, they're crazy. Um, any, any thoughts from you girls? What do you think? Don't let us guys do all the talking for you.
4: (laughs) Um, I'm going to speak something that probably, uh, okay. I'm just going to say it. Um, ladies out there, no, we should not, like, if God forbid something happens to you, um, and the blame is put on you, do not, like, do not take that. Mm. Um, but we do need to realize, aside from that, we do need to realize that, um, men like our sinners, just like us, Mm. and it is our job to help our brothers Mm. when it comes to the things they can fall for. And if that means wearing a bigger shirt over your leggings even if you, it is your right to wear those leggings mm. and if you know a brother struggles with that like wear the bigger shirt mm. and like that's hard to say because as a girl you want to just wear whatever you want to wear just like guys can wear whatever they want to wear mm. and that's probably gonna like I've spoken these things to friends before and it's gotten backlash but mm. like that's That's, that's something we have to take into our own hands too. And I'm not speaking into that in the moments where awful things have happened, but like if that is something that can prevent something from happening, not always, but if that even prevent the source of sin from happening, even if it's just in the man's mind, like we have to take that into our own hands.
2: I think that's so, that's so noble that you're taking that perspective. I know many girls who would push back against that. Um, Like I'll play devil's advocate and I'll speak, you know, as somebody from a non-Christian perspective. So let's say I'm a non-Christian. So I don't believe in the ethics of Jesus or any of that. So my question to you would be like, why is it the responsibility of women? Why can't men just control themselves? Isn't it their responsibility?
4: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is something that they need to be responsible for. But if we have any, like, you're not gonna. Oh man. I don't even
2: know how. No, you're doing great.
4: But like, when you're raising a child, like, you're going to teach them things to prevent, like, when, okay, for example, this is not the same thing at all, mm-hmm. but if I don't, like, kidnapping's a real thing, and not talking to strangers, and if I can do something to teach my child to not put themselves into that situation, mm. am I speaking okay? Like You're doing great. Then I'm going to do that. Not the child's fault at all, mm. not the woman's fault at all, but if I can do something to prevent that minor chance of that happening, then I will do it, because... The, like the world is a scary place, right? The world is a terrifying place. Yeah. And my brothers here in this, like this room are not gonna be the same as people, strangers that I see on the street.
2: Right, yeah, I think uh, personal personal responsibility is absolutely an important thing. But if, you know, a, a mother tells their child, you know, don't go to the park by yourself and the child still ends up going to the park by themselves and they get abducted, it's not the fault of the child that they got abducted, yeah. it's the abductor's fault. Yes, there's wisdom in what the mom told the kid, absolutely, but it's it's never the fault of the victim, like they're not the ones right. who did the crime. And so, um, for women it's important I think to recognize just as a guy that it's never the fault of a woman if a man objectifies her. Yeah. That's the responsibility of from- No, no, no. <laughs> I'm piggybacking <laughs> on what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's never the fault of a woman if a man objectifies her. But you're pointing out an amazing thing that there's wisdom to be had for women to recognize that, you know, well, I'll say this. So like from a non-Christian perspective, it's hard to make this argument. But if we're making a Christian perspective argument, I think it's a beautiful thing because we can say to women, God created you in his image. And a part of your role in the world is to love the people around you, including the men. And knowing that men struggle in this area, a great way that you can love them is just to be mindful of that and, and to do things that are that, or, or to, to act in a way that you know you're being conscious of saying like, I don't want this guy to stumble. So I'm going to act in a way and present myself in a way where I'm mindful of the fact that he does stumble and I don't want to trip him up. I think that's, that's a beautiful perspective. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: That's definitely like that whole idea that Paul speaks of, of eating meat in front of people that basically in that context that he's talking about were vegetarians and like, it's actual, like if you're causing your brother to stumble, yeah. that's, that's sin. Yeah. And like, you're not helping your brother and all things are, permissible but not all things are beneficial right and I think Kayla what you touched on was like crossing like going over towards you know sexuality and like how guys need to help girls girls need to help guys and yeah. like going to like helping your spiritual brothers and sisters within the Christian context right. outside of Christianity I don't think that really if at all applies right but it should, it but, should. but that's
2: not where the people are at yeah, yeah and
0: that's they don't have the they don't have the cross at the center of that so right. but I think that's a really good point. And, yeah. uh, and I hope that the guys could also extend that same amount of, of care for women in that as well, that we can definitely fight objectification on our side. Cause right. I really want to hold that um, and help the ladies out. Know, I'm not like, I'm, I'm still not guiltless like you're saying, like, yeah. it's, but it's still, it's a fight.
3: I think, I think it's
0: a responsibility
3: on our end as brothers to not just leave it up to just in your specific case, you know, Leave it up to you to just assume that your brother is like struggling with this. Someone wear a big shirt. I think it's a responsibility to us to to be open and be vulnerable and say, you know, to our sisters, you know, hey, these are some of the things that I, I struggle with. You know, you know, I just want to know that that that's where objectification can come into play is because of that's a trigger for me or something like that. You know, I think that's important to. Um, to just be open and mindful, um, that we play a role too. And, 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 just having an open uh, dialogue and a, a two way street mm. in that sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, one perspective that came to me, it's later on in my notes, so we're skipping to it. But, um, I think that, um, if you, if you knew somebody who was dieting, you know, somebody who was trying to lose weight and their biggest temptation was chocolate cake. And, you know, they told you, oh man, chocolate cake. Like when I see a chocolate cake, I just, I eat the entire thing. I have no self-control. Like, please keep chocolate cake away from me. Like, help me. If then at the next get together, you bring a massive chocolate cake, you're not really truly loving your friend. And I think, you know, you guys here in this room, you're singles. And so, uh, for you guys, you're on a sexual diet. If we're honest, like there's, uh, There's a sexuality that's created for marriage, and while you're not in that, you know the Christian goal is it's it's abstaining until marriage. It's it's waiting until marriage to engage in sexuality in that way, in that expression of sleeping with somebody else or or doing other sexual things with another guy or another girl. And so if we're if we have that in mind, like our friends are we're dieting, then we shouldn't do anything, whether it's a guy or a girl to trigger one another and to put that chocolate cake in front of one another, if you will, um, to cause that hunger in that way and that desire. And again, you guys are a group that I think does great with this, but I've seen a lot of other you know, people who they struggle with this and it's hard for them to say, why should I put what I want to wear and what I want to do and how I want to post on social media aside just to help somebody else? Like I... I think that the highest, uh, God of our age is independence and self-expression and individualism. And we want to just be whoever the heck we want to be. Um, but I think we see that it's not the way of Jesus for a Christ follower to do that. Uh, the way of Jesus is self-sacrifice and it's being sensitive to one another. Just in the same way, if I knew one of you guys had a huge problem with alcohol, I'm not going to be drinking a ton around you and, and inviting you. Hey, come, come drink a bunch with me. It, it's the same thing. I don't know. Any, any other thoughts from you guys?
1: I have a story. Um, I grew up in Southern Arizona where it's like hot all the time. <laughs> and so at school, we didn't have a dress code necessarily. It was like, don't show anything you shouldn't show basically. And it was just like, you took it how you wanted to take it.
2: You mean like ankles?
1: If you if that's how you felt, that's how you felt. It wasn't. Whoa, that
2: was a joke. That I was yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> but like there wasn't. It was just it, that's what it was. Hmm. You could like if you had a problem with your shoulders showing, you'd cover them. Hmm. If you had a problem with your legs showing, you'd cover them. But if you didn't, it was fine. Hmm. Um, and so that's like I grew up knowing that, and I like, and I also have a very like like strong sense of being. I guess you could say like I don't care what people think about me, hmm. and. I haven't ever. And so when I moved to North Texas where it's like the Bible belt and (laughs) everybody's like, make sure you're very modest and nothing is showing.
2: Mm, Um, mm.
1: And I went to a school where you had like the dress code was super strict. Mm. I threw a fit and (laughs) it was like, like a boycott kind of week where I was just like, I thought that was objectifying Mm. me because I couldn't dress the way I wanted to. And so, but like, Kind of the same thing where it's like, I, it was an internal thing where like nobody was doing anything to like hurt me. It was just like, I thought this is how I, like I wanted to dress the way I wanted to dress. And mm. so by these words telling me I couldn't, mm. and then, but it was all a learning game and mm. it people were like, oh, it's for the benefit of you just learning. And that it's like a non-distracting environment, but really like it was still distracting. And so it's, I think it's important to realize that. It's Mm. like a very internal thing and you can make it up of yourself Mm. and not to say that like, um, prostitution is like that, but like, it's a completely different thing and Mm. that it doesn't have to be another person telling you that you're dressing the wrong way. It could be all inside.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think what you touched on was great and it's interesting because what's coming up next in the notes totally touches on that. So I'll save some of what I'm going to say for that, but, um, I'll mention this uh, at one of my old pastors churches, uh, at one of my old youth pastors church, Evan Wickham, uh, he has a church called Park Hill church in San Diego. He had a guest speaker recently who spoke and it was interesting. I've never heard a guy talk about this before, but he was saying like so many times we focus when it comes to modesty, just on women. But then he's like, let me tell you my story. And he's like, when I went to school in, I can't remember where he went to school, but he, he was on the high school track team. And he said, all of the guys back then on the track team would wear like these little booty shorts basically. And, uh, he said, you know, they they were very much showing off their legs and their first, their uh, physique and all that. And, um, he, he spoke to a girl one time who was a Christian, a friend of his, and she just mentioned how, That actually, the way that the guys on the track team dressed, uh, would cause some of the girls to stumble. And he never knew that was even a thing. Like, he just thought that it was a guy thing to look at girls and, and to look at the way they dress and have it be something stumbling. And it totally was something in him that made him realize, like, this is an issue that's, that's bigger than just women dressing modestly. It's, you know, humans are sexual beings. And, It's very easy for us to stumble one another with the way we dress, the way we flirt, the way that we act, um, the way that we even text one another. It's very easy to lead people on and it's very easy to cause people to stumble in their walk with the Lord. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it because we're so focused on ourselves. But I think that's just a part of maturing. And that's what you're describing is like that maturing where at one point it wasn't even an issue, but now you're starting to see like, okay, this is a way I can just simply love the people around me by being aware of this. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. Thanks for listening to episode three of this pod class. Stay tuned for next week's episode as we present a challenge to an idea that is currently popular in culture and the current new wave of feminism, namely that freedom from sexual brokenness is found in sexual liberation. We'll examine some real life examples of this line of thinking and see if we can discover together what the meaning and purpose of sexuality actually is. We hope that this class has been helpful to you and we'd like to produce many more. If you wanna support the work and help us make more great pod classes, check out goodlion.io slash support. Also, if this episode has stirred up any questions in you, we'd love to do a Q&A episode responding to your questions in this series so if you can send a question to our Instagram account, goodlion.io, or send an email to goodlionnetwork at gmail.com, we'd love to respond to your questions. The Good Lion Pod Class is a production of CGN, or Calvary Global Network, and said Creative. We are a nonprofit podcasting ministry run by a team of volunteers that seeks to bring quality, Jesus-focused content to the body of Christ. For more awesome podcast content, as well as articles, educational resources, and more, check out our website, goodlion.io. Thanks, guys. And remember, never stop learning.